if you've never been here before, let me explain a little bit. So, the general idea is I will pose a question, topic, philosophy, legal conundrum, um, political ideal, et cetera, et cetera, and we'll go around this circle giving everyone's opinions, philosophies, ideas, all that jazz. And once we uh, finish in that circle, we will open up. And once we open up, it's um, speak for us to be spoken over. So, while we're going on the circle, we got to go by these rules just for efficiency's sake. Which is uh, rule number one, two-minute rule. Try to keep your first point under two minutes just so we can get to the circle and open up and have good, good, good discussion. Good discussion. Rule number two. Was, uh, oh, whoops. Respect the circle, meaning uh, don't try to argue with someone while we're going through the circle. Just wait for your turn, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 self-explanatory. Rule number three, ask them to the guide or Like I just said, uh, you are allowed to talk about culture or religion, uh, just not about actual beliefs. Rule number four. Actual, um, wait, wait. What is the actual what? what? what mean? Number three. The actual beliefs of the religion. Like, you know, Ten Commandments, you know, the Quran, stuff like that. What's the Quran? Um, you know what the Quran is? No. It's a book of the Muslims. Oh, so it's like their Bible? Oh. It's not the Bible. In a uh, sense. Yeah, it's, it's safe from the Bible, too. Uh, yeah. Anyway, rule number four. Uh, respect one. Yep, what's up, Jeff? Hi. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, respect when the topic is over, meaning, um, are you muted? I'm trying to speak? <laughs> Whatever. Um, we're trying to move on, move on with us. Rule number five, set up a needed, because needed is often. So we're going to jump right into it with our first question of the night, which is. Which is. Hold on. Has past media predicted or inspired new innovations? But like, has, has, media? no. Hmm? Well, what do you mean? Predicted? Social media or past media? Past media, like old books, shows, all that. Has it predicted or inspired? Can you be more? He talks about Whoa. predicted. My English is not my first language. Uh, pre uh, predicted. I don't know how to. Uh, Forgot. Guess. Assumed. So like, like an educated Star guess. An inference. Yeah. Star Trek, you know, stuff like that. Foreseen. Try foreseen. Very nice. You are first. No, no, can, can he stop? I will yeah, be. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I don't, this isn't a topic I usually thought about, like, I haven't thought about this topic before, but I mean, uh, I haven't really talked about this topic before, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. I think that it has sort of 
because it hasn't affected like inventions, but it has affected our view on certain on new inventions. You know, like like a lot of old things talk about how all AI is bad. You know, and you could get like rise ups and stuff, and that definitely has affected how we think of AI and robots today. Yeah. Already, uh, Jeff, you with us? Jeff Fence just zoned out, chilling. Cool, Ray. Wow, there's nobody on that side. <laughs> <laughs> that scared them off to the, the viewer section. Uh, if you could pose the question once more. Has the past predicted or inspired new innovations? Um, I'm going to have to pass for now. From Peacefinder. Um, this is an interesting question. Um, I think about how ideas are created, right? Like human discoveries, from fire to the wheel to everything. I mean, it seems that there is progress involved, right? So people must have been thinking about something new every time. But then I can also help thinking that past media, like books. I'm actually reading a book by Charles um, Charles uh, Charles Dickens. Is that what his name is? Uh, and anyway, everything he talks about, like everything he, his book is, they're his characters and everything. They're awfully similar to the characters that I see in popular TV shows nowadays, uh, which reminds me of the phrase, there is nothing new under the sun. So the human spirit, I don't think has changed much. The, the ideas, the innovations, the technologies, uh, those ones uh, definitely change little by little, though. I think there is some kind of progression. Again, I'm just talking here out of, uh, you know, my part, basically, but I'm thinking out loud, as, as it were. Uh, as, as technologies uh, are created, first they have to have like some sort of idea, right? Like a rough draft. So I will say, yeah, yeah, all media has inspired, but the progression is little by little like science fiction and stuff. Like the idea is there, right? Their transportation. But for that to actually happen, there must a lot of science must occur. Little inductions along the way. So I would say yes and no. I think that uh, in terms of biology, in terms of our thinking, nothing must have changed. But in terms of technology, in terms of the things we have, definitely. And it definitely has been inspired by the people that came before us. Alrighty. Uh, Zam Popper, you've been here long enough. I'm just gonna call you Zam. Do it. Media has inspired new innovations, um, but I don't think that past media has been able to predict uh, with any like semblance of accuracy future innovations. Um, I think they either predict things too fast, like flying cars 2020 and they completely miss big innovations that kind of change the way we live um 
And so I just, I don't think there's any accuracy to which, like, thing, if something's predicted in the past, I, I don't think it's more like, yeah, I, I just don't think that there's, there's much correlation. You know, that's all. Already have a cigar. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I don't think media, media is just an abstraction, really. I mean, what is media? It's like a fog, it's everywhere. It's like uh, it's like a god actually. I don't think uh, this media has any uh, anything to say with uh, with the future or the past. They are just like a god. God gives, God takes. Media gives, media takes. You shouldn't have other gods than me. You shouldn't have other media than me. You should believe in media. Believe in believe in CNN. Believe in Fox. CNN is lying. Fox is lying. We are right. You are wrong. That's media. It's nothing. It's just a. Uh, it's just a. Uh, have it's you just a medium. Or can you just start speaking? One. How was it? You didn't hear anything. You just left. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Just uh, I, I don't think media has anything to do with that sort of things. No. Okay. I can Hello. say now. Um, so, um, so here's the thing, it's, it's very spotty, right? There are some things that, uh, we as society haven't, uh, been able to predict at all, uh, like the effect we'd have on the world, uh, environmentally and all, all sorts of other things as well. That just what pops into my head. Um, but then also, the other thing is that um, sometimes we get eerily similar, uh, like, um, oh, that's, uh, I think it was the early 40s, there was this guy uh, in uh, Xerox Park, uh, was the name at the time, and, and he basically had a of what pretty much looks like a modern day computer where he was editing documents. He even did uh, like a Skype call kind of thing. He did a video call. Um, there were, I forget, but if you look that up, uh, technological demonstration, Xerox in the 40s, uh, I forget what the name of it was, but um, you would be massively surprised. So, but the thing that we didn't predict there would be how much uh, our social lives would be enmeshed in the internet and, and how much, you know, with like social media and that kind of thing. Even if you could think of communicating on the internet, you couldn't really think of how, um, uh, how integral that would be to society. So even if we predict the types of technologies we might have, we have an even worse record at predicting what we will use them for. So, but then also we sometimes get way off the mark, even with the types of technologies we would have. So I would, I would give that more credence. Like it's easier to predict what we will have. It is much harder. I would say, if not almost impossible to predict how the hell we'll use it because we're people and we do weird stuff with what we have. Um, okay.
Uh, can you ask the question again? Has uh, past media inspired or um, inspired or predicted uh, new innovation? I honestly believe so, because if you read one of the older sci-fi books in the Western days, it, to a point, in my opinion, it pretty much describes what we see on a regular basis, just with a different expectation. Uh, yeah, we're not using horses. We haven't used horses in centuries. We've sent people to the moon and we've sent people to space all the time, like stuff like that. So. Before we open up, I just wanted to give a little, um, set some light on why I posed this question. It was um, interesting since you guys couldn't come up with any ideas of no, what we have predicted. What? What's that? I think we had this kind of a thing. I forget what I want to say. You can talk. So, um, there was this uh, book. Um, it's pretty famous. You know, it was written by Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit 451. Most of you probably read it in high school, right? This book is a, how you say, kind of angsty prediction against anti, like, um, communistic ideals by Ray Bradbury, if that's a word, communistic. How do you describe something that's like Socialist, the communism. Socialism. No, not, no. I mean, that's another form of it, but like, how do you say something that's akin to whatever? It doesn't matter. Um, and in this book, his, uh, the main character's wife, um, always had these, uh, white seashells that she put in her ears to, uh, constantly play orchestral music. And if that's not AirPods, I don't know what it is. Right. So it was, it was, but I've never heard, you know, that, that, that was a, you know, inspiration of AirPods, you know, AirPods were just the concept of we had headphones, now we don't. Right. So, you know, what happened there? And that's kind of where I came from with this question. But no, now is the time where we open up the rule here is speak first, be spoken over. So you, as you speak, you will be amplified. If you're amplified, speak. If you're not, just take a breath. It won't kill you. Uh, take initiative. You're the first one. Who's got something to say? Agree, disagree, challenge someone to ritual combat. What was the question? Does past media predict or inspire uh, new technologies? Or, I mean, it's not the binary choice, it could be neither two. No, it doesn't. A good example would be flying cars. We're never going to have flying cars, it's a stupid concept. You don't yeah, want a vehicle that's designed to break down randomly falling from the sky and killing you. That's like the... I'm not megaphone, I'm sorry. I was talking about flying yeah. cars. <laughs> We're never going to have them, because cars inevitably break down. They're a constant repair job, right? And you don't want something like that just falling from the sky on top of you. So in that form, it shows that media isn't always predicting what's going to be the next thing. It probably, it definitely does have influence in my in my in my eyes, just because sci-fi nerds now become I don't know owners of businesses and push stuff. You know, the more mm -hmm. must. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should have asked for clarification on the question because when you said media 
and now I'm thinking medium is that like the medium is different and the media I was but I did like your story about the seashells and then uh, being akin to the airpods um like the camera obscura is itself sort of like you know it's like the beginnings of photography just a pinhole in the wall with light shining through then turns into creating a lens to refract that light and then the creation of a silver halide uh, film uh, to record that light um, so you know I I would say like the past mediums have influenced the creation of new mediums um, you guys can hear me okay yeah, so um, I think is I think the question might be a bit off here because it seems to me like what uh, what human thought uh, generates or how it uh, it it grows is uh, with questions, right? So the question of the AirPod could be: Is there a way to listen to music without anybody else hearing you? So if somebody who's never heard of headphones before thinks about this idea, he starts to try to create ways in how to do it, right? So I I, th I don't I don't know about media per se, but I I understand the idea of creating ideas by creating a question or creating a problem. Once the problem is set, once the idea or the question has been generated, then the idea can 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 be born after a lot of like its invention and whatnot. So do does does media create uh, inventions or does it uh, have an effect in the future? Uh, yeah. Definitely, but it's 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 not something like it's like miraculous or like uh you know like some kind of vision or magic or something like that. It's more like very logic logistic. Oh, there is a problem. Let's generate a solution. Oh, you wanted this. This is how we can make one. You want flying cars? Well, let's try and see if it's possible or not. I like yeah. I like very nonlinear. Um, I like that idea of idea propagation because personally, like. That, that, you know, that's the, as you say, what, the myopic march to death? That's that's what people think life is, right? Where it's propagation of idea, or no, propagation of problem, right? Idea, solution, and then solution has undeterminable consequences where you need to continue on that until your heart stops beating, right? You know, you're born, <laughs> right? You need to breathe. You start breathing, you need to breathe harder, fill your lungs. You know, like it's 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 all in levels of well, like three different people came up with the light bulb the same time that um, uh, I'm sorry, Benjamin, not Benjamin Franklin. Shit, why am I just blanking on this? Uh, Edison, oh, I'm sorry. Well. Um, but anyway, through, there were multiple people that ideas came up around the same time period. So that has happened before, where it's like. People will have similar ideas and they pop up around the same time frame, which is weird. You know, uh, Tesla wasn't the first one to come up with AC current. Oh, AC current's a bit stupid because it's alternative current. But um, I think it was some Swedish guy, and then AC was just the higher, like pushed it harder and lucked out with getting a contract. So that's not relevant at all. I just find it interesting. Like you, you, 
this this thought of this self-fulfilling prophecy where there is always going to be problems and you always need to come up with solutions is just like no that's not accurate well i mean i feel like that's that's how most people live their life right like it sounds depressing it is <laughs> it's a depressing thought in that it's 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 removing the 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 grandiose thought of purpose and applying it to a very like um kind of lab rat sense right where you don't have to do this you do it because some urge tells you to right it it removes your whole honor of fulfillment you know but the thing about that is i don't necessarily mm-hmm. see those two views or those two ideas as necessarily conflicting you have your base urges or your urges to do whatever it is you want to do but what we as humans do is we build stories around that and so both mm-hmm. of those things are happening at the same time in parallel and they enter and our ideas about what we're doing and what we have to do anyway are interacting with each other so i don't really see those as fighting so much as like two different things that interact with each other as we live our lives but i could be wrong i don't know well then what what do you where do you draw the line right where does where does you know self fulfillment and and purpose begin i like just this the uh the maslow hierarchy or i can't, i don't think uh, you can define where that begins because that is a very personal thing to the individual no one else I don't can know. define your purpose or what brings you fulfillment that's up to you if that's determined by your environment or um you know peers that's still too think. hard to calculate to you know decide what someone else's purpose is and typically people will want to go against it if you decide it for them so i don't think mm-hmm. you can define that I mean like to, mm-hmm. going back Sorry. to the uh, to Tesla and his creation of the AC alternator if you oh two people megaphone them at the same time if if you guys have <laughs> sorry if you guys have seen the the design of it of the AC alternator it's actually a very clever thing it's like has magnets and wires and the wires taking a loop and then you twist the thing and it creates alternating current and it's like uh, I think previous invest inventors or previous people or physicists and whatnot, they be have been amazed at it. Like how did he come up with this? He must have had some kind of vision. Uh, and I am here asking everybody here as to what, what does where do you think he got the idea from? I think there is like uh, biographies or whatever of him, like. In, when he's creating his ideas, he, he pictures like a black noise or something and, you know, the ideas come to him and whatnot. And it seems to me like amazing stuff. Basically, what I'm asking is, where do you think amazing ideas come from? Like, is it in us or does it come from somewhere else? Like a kind of weird alien <laughs> kind of well, thing. Well, I think... Sorry. I was going to say, I think the internal... Di- my personal view is that internal dialogue and yourself is created from your environment and peers, which I brought it up earlier. I 
I'm open to say some of it's probably up to biology. I don't know biology that well, so I don't typically speak about it, but it's probably a point of view to apply to it. Um, other than that, I think it's just training how like your brain decides to make parts and joint between, because your brain is just one big neural network, right? So, yeah, I don't know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, like yeah. where, where it's, it's, you know, essentially, like, biochemically, it's like a motherboard, right? Or let, let me say um, a constantly you know, flexing Arduino, right? Where it's, 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 or even, even more basic than that, like a very, very basic it's, computer. It's a network of nodes with biases that change constantly from like, exactly. a computer standpoint. Exactly. So, like, it's, it's, it's how it all flows that I think yeah. creates the great ideas, right? Like, I could, you could, you know, stand in front of the mirror, right, and just think of something, whether that be um, relative to your situation or not, right? Like, um, I don't know if any of you have ever played D&D, &D, but um, one of those things <laughs> is that <laughs> is that you have to be more clever than your DM if you ever want to get things done. And you have to think of stuff they didn't already think of, right? And then, you know, it's up to the die and all that. But but what it what it you know what it boils down to is that your ideas will flow differently than others, right? Like, you know, yeah. Mel said, you know, there's you know, three different people invented the light bulb, right? But that was that was because it was relative to the situation. But creativity is so much more than that. It's literally how your brain is built. Well, I don't think I would say it's more than that. I would say that's the expression of that. So, so the expression of everyone taking inputs and processing them, you know, both consciously and unconsciously, tends globally to uh result in different people with similar patterns of thinking and then every now and then you get a different one and you know that's where your that's where your musks and your you know your interesting people but but then also there's this narrative right that that inventions come from one dude or or like you know <laughs> whoever sitting in a garage and then just ah by george i've got it and you know something that that's not even the people who yeah exactly it's it's a collaboration of like a bunch of ideas that have been kind of boiling on the back burner for a long time come to a head and then it just happens that whoever the person was that brought that into being based on the other things that were going on at the time, they're the ones that get all the prizes and things. But really, it's it's just that whirlpool and swirl of ideas and thought that um, happens to come to a head in, in invention, I, inventions every now and then. I personally don't like thinking of inventions that way because it kind of pushes the idea that there's a eureka moment in everything, right? I... I personally like um, iteration and like I don't I've been reading up on agile methodologies if I could speak mm -hmm. recently that's probably why I'm pushed against it now but I like the idea of just keeping working on something rather being consistent than one burst of brilliance. Right. Yeah. That's my preference. That's I guess personal though. That's. Yeah. But I think actually we're both right. 
because I think it manifests Please, in both you. ways. Um, because like sometimes ideas come from a combination of technologies that are already there and you just put the Lego pieces together. And then other times, uh, and it oh, just comes yeah. from, like you were saying, consistent work, right? So consistently just adding to something. And then other times there is that moment where like everything comes together. I think we, we glorify one of those ideas and the other one gets put on the back burner, but I think both of them are completely valid ways that ideas yeah. percolate through a society. Um, There's definitely eureka moments in the world, which are amazing in their own point. I just don't think I'll ever have one. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, well, I nobody mean, knows. <laughs> I, I, I view this totally as my, you know, this event, this podcast, all that is totally my one of my eureka moments, right? Like, I, I think Mello was there when I came up with the idea for this. But it also come to a point where, you know, I had the initial idea, but then the practicality of doing it was that's like that slow burn, those increments of thought getting me to where it is now, you know? Like, like, you know, Eureka, there's a flying car, you know, and then how do we get to where the car doesn't fall out of the sky? You know? So, uh, I don't think you have flight cars. You probably won't. Because <laughs> there will be a lot of crash. And there's something called helicopters. They're flying cars. Hmm. I like the idea of tunnels. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk is my topic. What have I missed? You have missed nothing because we're moving on. Nada. Are you changing hmm. the subject now or the same genre? Subject? No, we're changing. It changes. Like, yeah, nice. uh, what about like four or five times? Uh, yeah, about four or five. Depends on the name. Okay, so, here's a question. Should you specialize in a, when it comes to your career, uh, your interests, your life, should you specialize into one thing or to be as what's known as a jack of all trades, you know, where you have general knowledge of anything? Uh, no, we need specialists. We have heart surgeons and brain surgeons and everything that. That's a specialist job. We we need specialists. Personally, I'd rather be a jack of all trades, but that's up to the person. But we definitely have a use of specialists. I don't think it's one or the other. It's a balance between the both. I think, you know, because uh, he's been brought up earlier. Elon Musk. He um. He, he's not a businessman, he just does, does uh, engineering, from what he's said at least, I don't know him personally, but um, yeah, so that's a specialist, he just goes, uh, I'm rambling, I'm gonna, sorry, so yeah, I'm done. Well, uh, I agree yeah. with you. Zach, did you come to this event drunk too? I might have been drinking earlier, uh, <laughs> my brain's not all there, I might have forgotten it was on, I'll be honest. 
Alright, MP Madge, you don't know the rules, but I'm sure you can get the gist of it. Um, yeah, I'm getting the gist of it. Uh, yeah, I agree pretty much with, with what everything Jack said, uh, Zach said. Um, it's, quite, Zach uh, it's, it's quite obvious that you, if you want to be good at something, you have to specialize in that subject. Uh, but mm -hmm. that doesn't exclude um, being able to do other things on the side and also be good at those particular things. Um, for example, you can be a great surgeon, but you can also be a great chef um, and not practice uh, the culinary arts as a profession. So yeah, that's that's my opinion on that. Sorry, I'll stop. In um, healthcare in Ireland, I mean, the idea of um, it's the perfect meld of the two. It's a, called a multidisciplinary team. So if you arrive in the hospital, let's say with stomach cancer, right? cancer and stomach two separate specialists who might have two separate ideas on how to attack the problem. So in a multidisciplinary team, you'd have everything from psychiatrists to the nurses, family members, to the relevant specialists needed, and they all consult each other along with the patient, who's also part of the team, because how they, obviously their input matters. So that's, that's the perfect melding of the two there, the specialists and Back of all trades, you know. Let's say so that some specialities are jack of all trades: musicians, engineers. No engineer can do just one job. They can weld, they can design, they can do a. You know, there's a lot of a lot of ability involved in that one speciality right there. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot to be said for both. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about either, you know. So that's that's all I got to say. All right, JVB, were you here when the question came up? I was not. <laughs> so, the the question is: Should you specialize in a field, whether it be career, interest, or life? Should you specialize or be what's called a jack of all trades, where you have general knowledge of everything? Oh, should you? Um, I think it depends on what kind of learner you are. I think if you're really good, you know, brains are molded different ways. I guess, you know, some, some brains love math. Other brains um, see math and um, go, ah, just give me the general idea of what you're trying to say here, which would be the camp I'm in. And, uh, so um, medically, that's an interesting uh, angle because medically, specialize or overall, um, boy, I, I just personal experience. My general practitioner is kind of um, pretty lame. I gotta say, uh, I feel like I've saved my own uh, butt many times with uh, the one I would, you know. Um, so. But, and then if I've got somebody who's a specialist, I go like, why don't they see uh, the big picture? Because I've actually just um, diagnosed something myself. <laughs> uh, 
I went to a doctor and suggested it to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, so Dr. So-and-so sent you. I was like, no, but, you know, it was Dr. Google that gave me the idea. So I kept, you know, with specialists, I'll turn around and go, geez, why don't they think outside of the box? So, I mean, I, I bounce. It's a good question because it just goes around and around, I think. Um, I, I think if a, somebody is uh, interested in one study and wants to go into that, I, I wouldn't say you can't do that. You have to study everything. So I guess if you want to specialize, specialize, and both are needed. Thanks. That's it. Alrighty. I think the better End question of. would be: Should you, if you have the impulse to do so? If you have the impulse, should you, if you want to, if you thinking about it, should you do it or not? There's certain jobs that you do need to be a specialist, but then others, like, I don't, because you, you said technicians, they need to be good at tons of things. This is where, like, heart surgeon, you need to be good at that one thing for, like, if you, if there was someone who said, came up to you, he's going to perform heart surgery on you, and I said, and they said, I'm, I'm okay at everything, would you pick that, or the person who said, I've studied heart surgery my entire life, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> Alrighty, congrats. I think, are you asking yeah, the question I just from think a that philosophical it's kind perspective? Of dependent on uh, how culture and society is being organized. Um, because it seems, I'm, you know, like, it seems like maybe now in the, or in the past, like, there, People tended to be a uh, flow a lot more um, between, and, and it wasn't even considered a profession. It was just like, oh, they chose to study uh, architecture and got really into that, but then they are also a politician and got really involved with that. Um, but our, our current society, I think, favors uh, specialization more so now. Um, I find specialization to be very intriguing. Um, I remember this, I, I got a fortune cookie that somehow led me to this story, but it's about Lei Bao. And so um, Lei Bao is this guy walking down the road, and that's walking down the road, he sees this old woman sitting alongside the road, um, churning away at a steel rod. And uh, he stops and asks politely, what is it that you're doing? And, and she looks up and smiles curtly and says, I'm making a needle of it. So, you know, she's making a point, right? So like, um, <laughs> so the more that you do something, the more that you become something. And I, I think not just like in your um, mental life, but also in your life, kind of you, you take on the physicality of the work that you were doing too. So I, I find specialization to be very intriguing for that reason. Um, but depending on your economics or depending on the life you choose, Gata, um, maybe you have to be a MacGyver or um, a jack of all trades. Um, you know, I don't judge either path in life. Alrighty, Leonardo DiCaprio. I think you just joined. Do you know what's going on? Yeah, I know. I just joined. So yeah. Can I get uh, one um, speaker? 
Yeah, so I agree with what Big Ray and Panda were saying. Yeah, uh, let me start off by saying, you know, we live in a society, and you know, because of the society, we we adapt and we turn into certain things, and because of that, you know, the society that molds people, it molds each and every person in a different way. One person becomes a doctor, one person becomes a scientist, another person becomes a uh, a gas station attendant, another person becomes a comedian. Another person becomes a serial rapist and murderer, and you know another person becomes the president. You know, there's all different kinds of people, and society builds and molds these people into what they become due to you know how how the society works. And if there's one thing I know is that society, you know, it, it really has more of an effect on us than. You could imagine, you know, they they say there's the nature versus nurture principle. Nature is the environment, society, the you know, the and the community, molding and shaping us in the way that we become. Nurture is how we're raised by our parents, our family, <clears throat> and sort of our upbringing, our our nursery school, our kindergarten. So when you think about nature and nurture, you got to think, you know, we live, number one, we live in a society. Number two, everybody, you know, if, if you guys believe in fate, we're all destined to become what we become. And, you know, some people are going to come more than others. And other people are destined to, you know, right now you have a lot of people that aren't working at all. And that's due to the destiny of the virus. You know, some people say that it was destiny that we got this virus. Other people say that the Jews control everything, which is absurd. And other people say that, you know, this virus is never going to end. So I think, you know, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to say about that. But ultimately, the society is really going to decide what happens. You know, I mean, look what, look what society gave us. He gave us Joker. I mean, this guy was a maniac. And, you know... But really, he was he was in a struggle his whole life. His mother was crazy. He was beaten, abused, and you know, eventually, all he wanted was just a black GF. And like even that wasn't even real. In the end, he realized he didn't even have a black GF. It was just a made-up thing. Yep. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He'll probably try to return about we'll, ten, twenty more times. But... <laughs> did you kick him or did he leave? I kicked him. Just, you know, you kicked him. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, he's one of the stream trolls that we've been having. Hello? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, so I think you were talking about society or us. Here, I'll just... It's my turn. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> darn it. Um, are you a fox? Or are you a hedgehog? I think that's basically the question. Because the fox knows many things. But the hedgehog knows one big thing. And I think... <laughs> There's many different types of people. Yeah. <laughs> So I think there's a few different types of people, right? Uh, people who choose to specialize and people who want to know the whole jigs of things. Uh, if you were to ask me personally, I would like to be a specialist because they get paid more, right? Because the specialist deals with the hard stuff. 
the more complex stuff. And to become a specialist, you must know a lot about your subject. And when I say a lot, you also know, well, you also have to know your, um, your general area. I don't know much about medicine, but I will assume that to become a heart doctor, you need to also know a lot about, you know, everything about the body, basically. So you cannot really become a specialist without knowing your overall general sense of medicine. Um, and the best heart doctors, I will assume, will be the ones that know quite a lot about the human body as well. So, so yeah, I think it depends on personality. Um, whether you're a fox or a hedgehog, I think it it also depends on. Well, sorry, and for me personally, I would like to be a specialist because well, they get paid more <laughs> because they understand one issue very deeply, which means that they can solve a problem, you know, a problem more efficient or have a better solution for a problem which is complex. Sorry. Could I, could I quickly interrupt and establish two aspects of this question? There's a philosophical aspect and there's an economical one. So I think we should I think we should establish from which point of view are you hoping to get an answer to the question? Neither. So, uh, neither. I don't say this often enough, but the main idea of this is that every single question I will ever ask you is to the interpretation of how you want to answer and what you know. Okay. Yes. So, um, what I'm going to go about is the education system and also personality traits. Um, I think it depends on what you personally um, are fit for. For example, if you want to start a business, nowadays it depends on your LSM. You can't be a specialist to start a business. You need to know a lot of topics. So I'm going full on hands on and saying if you want to start a business, you've got to know what you want to sell, the marketing aspects, you know, HR, blah, blah, blah. And if you want to specialize, then it's more based on the past of how education systems have worked. For example, when you go to university and you learn accounting or um, medical uh, or psychology or whatever, you know exactly what you're going to be specializing in terms of the job that you're going to be getting. Now, in the next uh, generation or in the next, we'll say, the next digital um, uh, era, we're, you, we're going to be seeing a lot more online forms of businesses and jobs, which is going to be needing a jack of all trades in order to establish establish new style of work businesses. But once again, it's all down to your your individual traits and your personalities. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Already have a cigar. Yes, I think that uh, the actual natural state of humans are a jack of all trade. I mean, if you if you go back a few hundred years in time and you know, people were farmers, they needed to do everything, make clothes and, uh, and uh, work the fields and hunt and uh, skin animals. And, and I think people get more lucky by doing that. And uh, everybody on the sailboat know that you cannot be successful if you're not a jack of all trades. 
in a sailing boat. And that is one of the things why people like having a sailing boat to sail around the world because they have to do everything. They have to repair this and repair that. They have to navigate. They have to know something about weather, how to repair things, the sails, how to make food, how to store food. They need all the things and it gives a kind of satisfaction that you have traveled across the sea and you've done that because you managed to do all the things. And that gives you an inner peace. And uh, if you are an expert, what happens if you get tired of your subject and you spend a lot of time learning something and then you start hating it? Is what then? You ready? Mellow. Man, I'm wondering if I should shut up and just walk, let him talk for 30 more minutes because I completely 100% agree with you dude um the uh but what i wanted to bring up was there's this concept uh that i think it was tim ferris brought up of uh 10,000 hours for mastery that to master any skill you need about 10,000 hours and uh they did the math once and they figured out that's about eight years so assuming that we to some extent, and yes, I, I agree that we won't, uh, it won't be the same, like let's say you've been a heart surgeon for 40 years. Yeah, if you've only done it for eight years, it's, it's still nowhere close to that. But if you're looking for an intermediate between being a complete generalist and being so specialized that, you know, you can only clean, you know, uh, you're a dentist, but you can only clean one third of, of uh, per one person's wisdom tooth, uh, you know. Um, so if, like, let's say it takes eight years to pretty much master a skill, let's say 80% of the way, I, I, that, I'm pulling that number out of my uh, butt here, but um, then we've got many times over that we can master things. So, you know, um, you could do you could be a master of many different skills in your life so i think part of the answer is to stop seeing this as a dichotomy of either you're a complete generalist or you're a complete specialist but um have some proportion you know it's like a stock portfolio right you got to diversify so uh put your put your um time in in a way that works for both your personality um, and your circumstances you find yourself in. So that would be that would be my answer is that there is a way to kind of do both, um, but that's up to the individual person. Um, and I totally agree with have a cigar about the new way of working, but that's a whole other rant. Um, okay. Alrighty, now is the time where we open up. If you'd like to agree, disagree, challenge someone to ritual combat, go ahead. Speak first and be spoken uh, over. I just want to ask, is that an actual thing? I always thought that was just like the same thing TV said to those by your school last year. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, if you, like, they say that even with the housing market, like, if you spend all of your savings, you know, 100 grand on a house and that house catches on fire, you're screwed because you didn't diversify, you didn't invest in anything else. Plus, you right. got a, dep uh, a depreciating asset. That's just like finance 101. Yep. <laughs>
I don't know no, how well the analogy works for everything. Like there are a lot of people that do what I just did and try and like stretch that analogy to apply to many different things. And maybe it's a bit overused, but yeah, when applying to actual finance, that's. I've heard sure. it applied to polyamory actually. Like I've heard people say like, oh. um, <laughs> not, like support from one person is finite. And if you lose that, it's so emotionally scarring that, you know, if you have multiple partners, the recovery from that is easier. I've heard that before. Well, that's a whole other question. Why uh, being is capacity to love. Because, like, I think there's 500 like, good relationships with people, like friends. I think some people, mostly it's one good, strong, healthy relationship. And Paul Emery has always been described as you can handle a lot more, but more yeah. than just one strong relationship. It sounds a bit. Uh, defensive to say it's a defense mechanism on being hurt too bad. But I I have no idea. I've never been in a polyamorous relationship. Oh, I have family who is polyamorous, but I've never lived myself. I feel like we're skating on our own rule number four here. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, so um, to add to the topic, um, I was thinking about being jack of all trades um, and how the proportions go. Of course, um, you, oops, sorry, uh, you don't really want, oh, shit, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. All right, there you go. Um, so, so, yeah, the proportion thing, you know, you want to be a jack of all trades and you also want to specialize. But I will argue, I mean, I think to me it makes sense that being a specialized is important. Uh, if you are a jack of all trades, you know, anyway, it's cool and all, but what I mean to say is like society really accomplishes things, right, as a whole with, with specialized people, people that know their subject really, really well, um, right? Uh, that uh, idea of, okay, somebody does fishing, somebody does clothing, somebody does this and that, right? That's what makes society strong. And the more we specialize, the more, I think, the more the society benefits. Um, so I will argue for that. Uh, and I will argue for being a jack of all trades as long as it benefits your specialization. Like if you're a doctor, heart doctor, uh, what do you need to know about the, about the human body in order to learn more about the heart? <laughs> um, because I, I do believe that society has come a long way because of this specialization that we have we have done, unlike other animals. I do think that becoming a jack of all trades can be damaging to an extent. But, uh, as a child, I've always been pushed to learn a lot of skills and do a lot of things. I have no fucking clue what I want to do career-wise, because there's just too many options. Because people have a tendency to panic when they give uh, just like endless options. I don't think they're endless, but the same type of thing applies. Okay much choice and where'd you go? Can I say something to that thing? Yeah, I think I opened up, right? Actually. Yeah, um, yeah uh, just, I, I think what you said is pretty, pretty accurate, uh, but um, personally, I specialize in jack of all trades, so it's a, it's a really hard job to do. <laughs> but um, 
when uh, no, normally what we call a jack of all trades is someone that's able to do a lot of everything. Normally it's happened more when people are more isolated. I mean, when they were like a small village in a place where there was really a few people there, a lot of people have to do a lot of job to be able to sustain the society. So it's just like, like some, some people are working just like in computer science and other stuff, but they are also uh, like uh, volunteer, uh, firefighter volunteer or something in, in their town. So they're doing other stuff that they aren't supposed to do. But since the society need those kind of people, they have to wear the other hat to help out. So yeah, so it's just when, when you have like a really small village, sometimes the, um, well, the locksmith was like also like the, uh, uh, like a, a farmer and also and like he was like uh, having chickens or something. I, I don't know, just like I'm just trying to find jobs and stuff that a small village would have, but it's just like, since they, they had like really restricted number of people there, some people have to do multiple jobs to be able to make the society work. For, for sure today, when we have like a really, really huge town or really, really huge city, um, a lot of people can do one thing because other people are there to do the other thing that you need to do. Because when you are working right now, uh, you don't have to care about the sewer. It's like you don't have to care about the uh, the electricity or the water because someone else is doing that. They're specialized in this field, but you are specialized in your own field. So when when you're looking at what you want to do, um, today it's like you have the opportunity to do pretty much everything that you want to learn because well, all the knowledge is out there, and since you don't have to focus on surviving, because you can find food easily. You can find shelter easily. You can, it's like, it's a lot easier today than when you are stranded on a little island and you had to build your own, build your own house, bring water, find your food, harvest, and look for help. And it's just like, it, actually, yeah. I, I specialize in smacking coconuts together. Yes. Good. Good. It's like for following someone like, Doing the horse, just like just selling yes. the coconut. Yeah, right. We we need those, and just like in the mighty mighty Python, uh, Monty Python, uh, Holy Grail. Just like we need those kind of people. <laughs> one I, I, one by night. I, I just a little bit to <clears throat> to uh, add to the thing that we haven't talked about, and that is how your your brain works. That there is a lot of I think there's a lot of people that get burned out the specialists because they are focusing on only one thing. They work, for example, if you are a heart surgeon or something, that is the only thing you do. And I think I read something that this one of this uh, there is an epidemic of uh, depression and burnouts people that only do one thing the brain gets sick of it yeah, and that's, that's really why what people really if you ask for example let's say you ask an architect or an uh, engineer and uh, heart surgeon what do you really want to do if you could do exactly what you like to then he say i'll go into the forest hiking in the mountains having a campfire, making own food, hunting, fishing. And that is maybe because he subconsciously wants to do other things. 
And I'll bet that there's a lot of burnout people that they only focus on one thing. The, and that's the, the only thing they do. Point. drudgery of factory work yeah. yeah they're special specialized on uh, putting two parts together and choice, then put though. another two parts together and that specialization also so but uh, actually the question that they ask is like what you really really want to do in your life sometimes is yeah. just because since they are already doing what they wanted to do i mean they already achieved what they were planning to do all their studies like they, they focus on being a heart surgeon they studied for 20 years in the in school and everything and they made it there so now that you ask them what they really want to do they're already doing what they were already planning to do so at one point they might say after after 30 years or 20 years of doing the same thing over and over again maybe their plan change and it's like now they they just want to have a break of it because we've been in that for so long. It's like, you, you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now, I think one famous, is purpose there, and the other one is entertainment. There was yes. a famous article. One is purpose there was a famous the article of distraction. There was a very famous sorry, article about. Sorry, thanks. There was a famous <laughs> article about lawyers, uh, legal students at Harvard, and they followed like nobody went in to become a lawyer after they graduated. Uh, Harvard, uh, whatever you call it, legal school. I don't know what the, I don't know what the numbers are now, but that was a big realization back then. It, it's a really old. hard study. It's a really, really hard study there. Like uh, some, some people, they went, they, they go through the thing and at the end, they just realize what the job is. They see what is the job that they need to do after that. And they just say, oh, no, no, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Even if they went through all the trouble to do that, it's like they just say, well, no, it's like finally that's not exactly what I wanted. Because some people are pushed by their parents saying, you you have to be a doctor, you have to be a, a lawyer, you you have to be someone that makes a lot of money. It's like, well, yeah, but it's like when you're a heart surgeon or a doctor, you're playing with people's life every single day. So the stress level is really, 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 really high. So it's like mm -hmm. they made the money, but do they really want to be responsible for uh, the, the death of people because they, they screw up one time or something and they'll have that on their conscience all the time. So it, 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 it's one thing as well, you think? Uh, right. Um, yeah, but you can, if, if, you, if you look at, for example, let's say lawyers, <clears throat> you have a career lawyer been working, 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 and then he win in the lottery, millions and millions and millions of dollars. What does he do? He go to France, buy a fa old vine farm, and he start making wine. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sit under, uh, under a lemon tree and drink wine, and then he learn the trade to make wine. And he do all the kind of bits and fits on this uh, this farm and repair the roof. And that is that is the true happiness. I mean, there's a lot of people that do that, that has a dream, buy a little farm somewhere, produce wine, whatever, olives. Just do kind of all become a yeah. jack of all trades. Me included. Yeah. I can add one thing as well. It's like, sorry, it's like I have really thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the thing I can add is just like actually, um, sometimes when you work in uh, like 
lawyer. Well, personally, I'm computer science. It's like I, I fix people's computer. Every time you see someone, it's because they have a problem. So it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's always someone that's having a problem that come to see you. So they're never happy for the computer. It's like, it's always, I have a problem, I go see that guy. It's like, so you never have anything positive, positive unless you fix the problem for them. And so you see what, and sometimes you don't even get thanks because that's your job. It's like, your job is yeah. to fix the computer. You don't necessarily get to get, you don't, you don't get uh, the, um, how do you say the, um, Gratification. Gratification. That's what, sorry, just like my, my vocabulary but is a little bit on if, you're, if you're a, If you're a good one, don't you fix it by the end of the appointment? <laughs> Aren't they happy? <laughs> don't you that get to see them become happy? Up. <laughs> that, that always depends how much they screwed up. Like, yeah, they, one person dropped his cell phone in the clam shower. Do you oh. know how much? Just like he needed the photo and the information on the phone. It smelled like fish. <laughs> okay, I had to clean it up and try to remove the, uh, the the SIM card out of it, and it was gawk, full of stuff. It was awful. And how yes, much, it took me a little bit longer than the appointment. How much dust do you normally deal with? Sorry? How much dust do you normally deal with? Dust? Yeah. Uh, uh, well... A cat full, it's just like I can pile it up and make a cat out of it. <laughs> so, before we move on, I just want to make this final point. Like, well, I, you can't dis, uh, discount like what you learn uh, about what you do for a career in you know improvisational skills, right? Like, I'm sure people yeah. who work in tech or doctors and stuff don't know. Like, they're not walking textbooks. They're you know, they have information on this, information on this, and they see the connections between it, and then that's where the improvisational skills in, and that's where the protocol comes in, right? Like, oh, you know, I, you know, I'm a doctor, right? I listen to someone through a stethoscope. I hear their lungs have an issue, right? I make that connection because, you know, uh, I think of all these stuff that could happen, right? Like, how's their diet? How's this and that? Like, how it affects them and all that? And then they get to the conclusion of the symptom, then they follow protocol, right? Like, you, you know, uh, if you work in tech, say you you build PCs, right? Yep. The screws on the PC are stiff, right? What do you do? You drill them out, right? Well, yeah, just like yes. depending on what kind of PC that is. <laughs> you need the drilling specialist. Do you learn that? Like, is that something yeah. they teach you? you well, actually, um, for, for, the, <laughs> for the screw... Um, yeah, for sure. It's like drilling out the screw is more like a, a <laughs> uh, well, we, we had technique because we have like different kind of screwdriver that can drill inside the screw while you turn. It's like a, a reverse, yeah. um, it's like a reverse screw uh, that you drill, not yeah. like you, you just turn it in and it unscrew the other screw while yeah. turning in. So it's like it, it's a way, but uh, that's not the, that's not necessarily what we learn in school. <laughs> what we learn in school normally is to diagnose the problem. It's like we see main problem and things. to say, okay, what kind of problem that could cause that kind of thing. So sometimes they, they they will put a computer there and say, find the problem. 
yeah. and you have like to plug it in, boot it up, say okay, it doesn't detect the the hard drive. Finally, it's like it's just the cable is not plugged in properly, or the cable is bad. You have to replace the cable. You finish the boot up, okay, the the, the, the boot sequence is not in order, it starts from a USB key or something like that. And so so yeah. you have to go just like you learn product you learn technique for every step of kind of problem that they have. But it's all experience. It's like everything you do is from experience. It's just you learn the base, how a computer works, why it's working that like that. And after that, you say, well, why isn't it doing what it's supposed to do? And you extrapolate from there, saying mm -hmm. what caused that kind of reaction. So, yeah, we can, we can go for the next question. Yeah. <laughs> I okay, so it's about that time where Thank we you have to move on to our next question. No? Okay. Uh, uh, so it's about that time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> MP, you have to talk Good. when no one's talking. Yeah, I'm going to cool. stop talking now. <laughs> cool. All right. So um, before we move into the next question, mostly because my computer uh, had to boot up for whatever reason, um, I'd like to aid your attention to the side of the room in the back of the room where you can find our YouTube channel, which passed, and uh, current recordings will be on eventually. Um, you can also find our podcast there where we bring guests from the events into uh, – we bring specialists – from the uh, from the event and into our podcast and have good discussion with them. You can also find our Spotify. Not only is our podcast on Spotify, but we also on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, um, many other platforms that are escaping my mind right now. You can also find our Twitter, which events and new updates are coming, um, and our Discord, where if you go to that Discord, you add it to our server. And once you're added to the server, you can pose questions, ask questions, uh, talk to us directly, and give us new ideas and stuff like that. So, uh, let me just find that new question real quick. Uh, Roku, can you do like a silly dance to stall? Yeah, sure. sure. Thank uh, you. Tap dancing. Uh, hello, my honey. Hello, my darling. Oh. There we go. <laughs> can you uh -oh, also sing? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have that one yet, but it's like it's, it's coming along. <laughs> you also sing, Robert. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, so uh, good. You can finish dancing. Um, yes. The new question is, well, uh, let me just explain real quick to people. Who so, if you've never been here before, welcome. Here's the idea. I will pose a question, topic, philosophy, legal conundrum, political ideal, and we'll go around this circle, getting everyone's thoughts, philosophies, experiences on the question. Uh, once we do that, we'll open up for discussion, but we got to go by these rules first. Two in a row, we'll try to keep your first point under two minutes just for efficiency's sake. Uh, rule number two, respect the circle, meaning don't talk or try to argue with someone while growing inside the circle. Well, number three, astral of the God domain. If you want to talk about religion, because if you get into some philosophical stuff, you're welcome to. Just get to the group, you know, make sure everyone's comfortable with it, and go for it. Well, number four, respect when the topic's over, meaning we're trying to move on, move on with us. Well, number five, shut up when needed, and needed is often. So, the question is, are law systems too motivated by currency? Like, does the judge make different... A, you know, judgments because he gets paid a lot, or does the man who uh, goes to prison because he couldn't afford bail is that is that too much 
currency motivation is that unethical? Don. Whoa. Uh, I think that um, I think it's um, pushed by money in a lot of ways. Uh, like you said, uh, the man who can't pay his uh, ticket and he goes to jail for it until he pays the ticket. But meanwhile, he's got this, you know, this bill adding up. And so he just further into debt and, you know, just it's a vicious cycle. It happens all the time. You know, the miniature that you can't do something, the laws on your back and, and, and then, you know, they try to make you a criminal for nothing. Hmm. Hmm. So that's my, my my feelings. That's what I feel about. And it's funny that that question came up is uh, I was I was watching Better Call Saul, the the Netflix series. I don't know if you guys are familiar. This coming mm. up on the the Saul Goodman character from Breaking Bad. A prequel to a prequel to Breaking Bad. And it's all about lawyers, and his soul is a lawyer, as, as you well know. And his brother is this incredible, um, super clean, super devoted lawyer who always excels <clears throat> at his job. Um, and to to come back to your question, um, I think. Uh, the judiciary system is uh, is made out of people who have their own individual uh, personalities and individual lives, but also those people have to follow a set of let's call them rules, and uh, the the. the the, the laws that are part, that, that have been built up through time, they become part of the system, and it's like it's a it's a monster of of, of its own that kind of gets out of control, and it's it's some it's like a, a vicious circle where the the lawyers have to follow the 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 judiciary system, but then the rules that create they uh, they kind of they build up, um, and um, is it is it ethical or uh, sorry? How did you put it again? Is it uh, could you please reformulate that if you don't mind, fake Ravens? So, right, our law system is too motivated by currency. In other words, um, does 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 punishment and uh, innocence have a play with money too much. Does does you going to court, paying your court dues, you know, not being able to pay, does that is that unethical because they uh, put that onto you rather than a uh, traditional punishment or um, anything else? Yeah, it's 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 very hard. It's very hard to say. Again, because it's it's all it's all uh, it's made by people who who are all uh, they're not perfect. Um, none of us are perfect. So, in order to refine that that system, 
I think it will take it will take a few more generations. Um, so uh, yeah, I do not think it's ethical, but I, I don't think it's very easy to uh, to uh, uh, solve. Alrighty, Edward. Yeah, sorry for rumbling too much. <laughs> now they can. Um, okay. So I think that uh, we're going in the right direction. As in, before we had money, like you still they cut off a hand, you know. Like we're going in the right direction because money was invented for easier transactions, and instead of going like getting your hands ripped off for stealing, you're gonna be fine. And it's not perfect. Like of course you're gonna have like bad stuff, but it's the same as in you get your hand cut off. Sometimes you get your hand cut off for that for not stealing, you know, mistaken identity. So it's the same thing. Just different like I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. <laughs> That's all I really have to say on the topic. Come on. Hmm? Okay, so I'm going to take a, a different approach because the way you, you worded that uh, fake ravens was very broad. So I'm only going to give an answer of my own interpretation. So basically, I'm going to go about with currency and law. And I'm going to see what we are doing as the human race. And that is we're trying to not go above the law, but try and take control of our own currency. And obviously, you, you kind of know where I'm going with that, and that is cryptocurrencies and blockchain, where we're trying to bypass a little bit of the law. We're trying to, um, you know, reduce the costs. We're trying to drop the, the taxes. Uh, we're trying to incorporate, for example, blockchain and, and decentralized applications into our lives and create our own currency because right now everything is very unstable if we look at how politics are going and geopolitics uh, uh, and geopolitics and and politicians we are not trusting the system as much anymore and uh, basing on what is going on in the world with the economy and with the stock markets it is a little bit more unstable and a bit more manipulation is a bit more corruption with the algorithms so i think with cryptocurrencies, for example, coming in, this is where we will be able to take control of uh, the, the, the system that we want to control. And the law will carry on with the law, and their currency will carry on. And um, the, the human race will be shifting towards less dependence on um, laws and the tax systems and more into a new era of uh, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, decentralized apps, which will obviously branch to all forms of industries, you know, whether it is um, voting or, um, you know, eco-environment uh, eco businesses or any businesses, uh, we are trying to take a little bit of control that we haven't had for the last two, three hundred years. That's my thought. Very good one. Um, uh, slightly different uh, angle to this. Uh, if I can rephrase it, the uh, should money uh, be the incentive for 
laws, um, something like that. So I think, you know, theoretically, no, because it's called the, you know, it's the justice system. And if somebody kills somebody out of rage, that's not necessarily stealing somebody's money, but yet they still need um, justice to be served. However, practically and realistically, what's going on in, well, I only speak for the United States right now, is absolutely we need to separate the profit that's in the legal system right now, the, the, the private prisons, the, um, the feeding from high schools, getting young people in to do, uh, you know, incredibly low wages. And I don't want to go off on a, uh, you know, reform the um, legal system in the United States, but I think uh, we're, we used to think one thing that, you know, it's justice is blind, and that's the ideal, and that's the goal. And I think with the Black Lives uh, Matters uh, throwing down the towel and saying, this is it, this is it, we're getting a real hard look at the reality, and, you know, that uh, it's set up for profit. This, it just totally is. The, the prison system is not separated from pure um, theoretical justice. That's it. Thanks. Alrighty. Uh I um, think absolutely the answer is yes, but not in the obvious and apparent way. I don't think the judges and the way they judge, and so I'm, I'm mostly thinking the UK system, my perception is it's similar in the US. There are lots and lots of lawyers who formed a kind of, cartel's not the right word, they've created this professional <laughs> practice, right? And they coin in the money, right? They for example, Roku was speaking earlier about how he fixes computers, right? These people are fundamentally less skillful and less productive than him, but probably charge five times as much per hour, yeah? I recently had a civil issue I had to deal with, and the lawyer tried to charge me 20 pounds every time they answered an email. <laughs> yeah? I mean, to answer an email cost me 20 pounds. Right. Well, it didn't because I managed to beat them on this, but um, yeah. that's another whole story. There's this whole professional layer, and I'm afraid that needs completely removing and slimming down. I think the judges and I think the high level of the law are good things, but there's this deliberate. Most of what most lawyers are really actually very rubbish at their job. All they do is use what's called boilerplate contracts. Yeah? And um, I've had to deal with lawyers in various things about intellectual property and civil disputes and so on. And when you take them off of the obvious track, you suddenly find they're not actually very able, you know? If, if for example, Roku meets a computer that someone's filled up with clam chowder, he knows what to do, right? It's not on the manual. There's not a boilerplate, what do I do about clam chowder computer, right? And many, many of your lawyers, okay? They yeah. sweated hard, when they did a lot Sorry, Rocky, what was it? Well, when, when you boil it down there, the clam chowder is better. Very little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I'm sorry, I can't agree with Timon that cryptocurrencies are the answer because that's a sort of um, abstention from the law. Uh, and the law at its highest level is a good and important thing, 
And the cryptocurrency argument is a different question, but it's intellectually bankrupt because if cryptocurrencies start doing a lot of the things that these people promise, then new laws will be introduced. It's as simple as that. But mm. the key point is, fundamentally at the high level, the law is good, but there's this low-level set of practitioners who are creaming the money in, and we should clean them out. We should clean them out. We should get to a simple system where it's not about precedent. It's about simple argument. You know? I mean, a particular case I had to deal with recently, without going into too much detail, my sister tried to swindle our family out of a lot of money in inheritance. It was obvious it was what she was doing, but she had an amount of legal training, so the way she worded things was blah, 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 you know, yeah? Mm. Um, and that required quite a lot of intellectual effort and quite a lot of spend to deal with it because she was knowledgeable in the law. But if I'd have given the evidence to any of you, you'd have gone, it's obvious she's up to no good. Like, she got a work colleague to value a property, <coughs> and then tried to buy it at that value, yeah? And when I got independent valuations, they were 100,000 pounds different, you know? Let's not go into the details of that, but the point is that people who know the law use it to their benefit, and then there's this club who charge you a lot of money. You know? and my impression is it's actually worse in America than in the UK, but that's only my impression. You know, so it's much more than <laughs> two minutes. Yeah, right. I'll stop. Big Ray. Um, I don't have too much to say on this, but I, I don't have too much to say on this, but I was immediately thinking about um, the two justices of the Supreme Court that were nominated by our current president um, recently passed something that basically will expose the current president's taxes. Um, so even though they were appointed, they still are they're not always, it, it seems like they're not always going to act in his favor, like they're not totally corrupt or working for just him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think there there are ounces of integrity left um, in the intellect of the law. Um, definitely there's a lot of uh, culture of um, um, screw, scrounges or... Um, People trying to like make, I don't know. That's all I gotta say. I think you just joined, so we're gonna move on. Uh, oh boy, uh, Suski, Suseki. Hey, Oops. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, so I have to say that I agree quite a bit with uh, what JVG and, and uh, sorry JVB and F had to say. Um, my biggest concern really is the fact that uh, it seems to be that the law is very confused, or rather, uh, people's interaction with the law is very confused in a lot of ways. And in the same way as Roku has a specialty uh, where he's built, you know, he has to become a real specialist in order to, to interact with computers and fix things. Uh, the, the fact that the basic rules of society are so complex that we have an entire class of people whose entire life is dedicated just to solving what end up being often quite simple cases, but somehow become these uh, massively obfuscated enterprise. 
um, would would suggest that there's just too much complexity there, and a lot of people who are clearly making a lot of money off of that type of system, in the same way as even negotiating these sorts of contracts. You know, nobody reads these contracts because the base person can't do it, and every now and again there is there's a push to try and um, make it so that it's you know the lay person can actually understand what it is that they're actually signing and not only does that complexity hide a whole bunch of really shady things in the details but it also sort of slows the whole thing down and when there is a miscarriage of justice really you know makes it very difficult for anybody to really pick up on that um as to what jvb said a second ago um, the, the the whole idea of uh for profit like the, the I, money is money and currency is just a proxy for value so if i say to you oh you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred thousand pounds or you know buy me a hundred thousand cakes at a dollar each whatever it is there are certain activities which we want people to do for example maybe you want to do community service would you allow somebody to outsource your community service what is it that having money allows you to do which normal people who can't afford to do those things wouldn't be able to do i don't think that having a lot of money should exempt you from having to do the same sort of uh, social um payback than than somebody who doesn't have that money so I'm, I'm very much in favor of getting that out um, as for the complexity interaction between like the political class the people who are making the laws uh, things like for-profit you know prisons that whole complexity is i think is just a complete giant mess i don't know how much that is in the uk it sounds like it's happening a lot in the us the, the law should just be really clear and enforced and that's it as as far as i'm concerned uh, and the last point that i'd make just quickly was the, the the purpose of the law the purpose of the law is to set up a set of rules by which society works it's not necessarily to um, encode what is morally or ethically correct and i think that's something that's very much lost on people so for example you can you can be a complete douchebag your wife could be on her deathbed dying of cancer and you could go out and, and have an affair and really rub it in her face and be an absolute horrible person and even though ethically or morally you might say well that that's clearly not a good thing to do it's not illegal and the fact is that there is a big difference between what we make illegal because we're trying to protect people from each other and enforce what kind of society we want to live in and what's actually good or right and it starts going down the, the philosophical and political uh, route so i'd just like to make that point i'm hearing a lot of uh uh Boo corrupt legal systems and yay clam chowder. So I'm liking this. <laughs> He's fine. Clam chowder is awesome. I have to agree. But not on computer. With fish and chips. I think it makes fish and chips. There are chips in the computer. <laughs> He's fine. Um, I, I, I don't have much to say. I think people have talked a little bit about this. It's a lot of great uh great thought into um i i would my opinion would be that yes uh, the judicial system the justice system is uh very much into money right that's because that's what people value right and after all judges are people too so the whole system is probably based on money i would say and and, and therefore i don't see the unless judges are very fair people everything everything really or even last depend on money as well because that's what we put value into so so i think definitely um he said correct to do this he said correct to put so much value in money 
he said good for us in terms of society no i i don't know but but um i i remember uh, i watched a video uh john oliver he uh he talks about uh the coal industry bob somebody <laughs> they uh so there is this guy bob he's a coal coal giant or something he has a lot of industries in the coal industry and uh you know he's super rich and uh he has been sued a lot because of um malpractices he does unfair things a lot and the workers uh sue him and then he sues the workers back right mm. uh and then uh the workers cannot pay the legal fees and basically they just sue him settlement uh, so in in this case the the money speaks louder than justice, and I think this is very normal <laughs> in in the judicial system. I I think people are just uh, it just comes from a selfish or a, or a very me centered society, and I think we have to move away from that to actually make this this earth this you know better to live for humans. Um, so there there definitely needs a lot of fixing, but. It needs to happen as a society as a whole. And I don't think just like a few individuals can change it because <laughs> it's after all everybody votes anyway. So, yeah. already, David Dole. Yeah, I missed the exact wording of the question, but I think I kind of got the idea. I think. Um, yeah, so I think with a lot of things, it always becomes like the legal system is another tool of power, and you concentrate the power in a few hands. And they end up weaponizing it against everyone else, and they'll either weaponize it to attack political or ideological opponent, or they'll weaponize it in order to extract wealth from the society. Because a law should really just be the basic, simple things like prohibitions: no murder, no raping, no stealing, no destruction of property, and then enforce property rights so people know who owns what. But then once you let people control everyone's behavior, like certain industries, it just it blocks. Like let's say. Say a young woman knows how to braid hair, and she wants to to do that as a as a profession. The industry that already has the power and the money, they write the laws to make sure that she has to go to college for two years to be able to do that. Then she has to go through all the complicated tax process, legal process, and it's all the people that get paid along the way. So instead of her just calling her friends and saying, "Hey, I would like to braid hair," I'll do it for twenty five dollars, and she can start work immediately. It ends up taking three years, a huge amount of money. And then ends up discouraging competition from it. So you always have the the people with the existing power will use the law to weaponize against everyone else. And I think the problem why it happens is because everyone has a mini tyrant within them. We all know how everyone else should live, and we're all scared of allowing people to make their own choices as long as they don't murder, rape, steal. But everyone, you can ask anyone about certain situations, they'll always say, "Well, this person, they should be doing this, and your money should go here." And you should be allowed to do this or not allowed this. And it becomes like everyone's trying to fight to control everyone else, which therefore leads to us being allowed to, to put so many laws, which make it so difficult for poor people to ever defend themselves. You have to be super rich to be able to defend yourself in court now. Like you see, you're talking about the U.S. In the U.S., so many court cases for not big deals are, are millions of dollars. So a poor person can't. It's just they go in, go into the system, go to jail. But that's because everyone wants to control everyone else. We write so many laws and keep piling them up because we're scared of people making free choices and, and using their own self-awareness and common decency and pressure of the community rather than 
centralized rules coming down and controlling everyone. And the more you concentrate power, it will always be used as a weapon. And that's the thing, but most people want more rules. They just want their rules. They don't want their enemy's rules instead of just simple. Because like in the Roman Empire, if it wasn't prohibited, it was allowed. But now it's like everything has to be allowed by law in the world we live in. And that's such a dangerous present. Like any new technology comes has to be regulated before anyone's allowed to use it. And instantly then just weaponizes and then it blocks new innovation, things like that. So that's what I think about it. Pretty mellow. Right. Um, wow. That's a lot to think about. I was trying to kind of formulate my answer as, as uh, we were going along here and I, have a couple different directions I could go with this, but um, I think you're gonna hate this, Ravens. But let's break it down. Um, the oh, the thing man. is, we uh, what we have to do is say, what are we dealing with here? We have um, money, we have people, and we have um, the idea of justice so uh, i'll classify that as a concept um and the thing is is we have i do agree with david uh co that um we have so many it's there was this book where basically uh, the three things that you do every day that are illegal i never actually read the book i've heard summaries of it um but basically um a lot of people break the law every day without even realizing it because it's so complicated. But then I would also say there are a lot of systems in the world that are complicated, but they're complicated in a productive way. For instance, that this computer, this headset that we're all wearing, it's a complicated thing. You hear anyone saying, oh, well, it's too complicated, needs to be simplified, and then, you know, uh, it, whatever. No, because that complexity actually lends to its functionality. So if you can have something that um, does what we want it to do, I don't think the level of complexity matters as much as the intent of the complexity. In other words, um, are each of the parts, do they actually serve a function to the whole? Um, so, the and also, like I mentioned before, we're dealing with people, money, and ideas. People are squishy and weird, and we never know what the hell they're going to do. I've said this multiple <laughs> times, and I will say it again because I believe it 100%. Um, the uh, money is another complicated system that we've built up um, of, you know, interacting with each other, but really it's just an expression of relationships between people. So I would almost fold money in back into uh, being part of the people problem. And then ideas are um, the uh, are a combination of what we have all talked about over the millennia that have then percolated to the surface and we have decided to follow certain ideas. Um, so, and yes, I know I'm going very large and very big here, but I think the, the thing is, is that all of this has to do with 
how humans think to interact with each other. And the big question is, can we change our actions in such a way that we can interact with each other in a better way? Because all we can do is individual stuff, right? So every one of us has to go, oh, what do I want to do today? And somehow that all has to add up to something that we don't get nuked in the end or, or all die somehow. So, um, but then from a smaller standpoint, um, I think a good example would be patent trolls. Um, there is uh, basically a patent troll is someone who doesn't make anything, doesn't actually contribute at all, but if someone but buys up the intellectual property of an invention or even a song or many different things, and uh, then if uh, if someone say, oh, I don't know, some music group that works with YouTube, that's the big thing now, uh, is if someone sings that song or uh, tries to use the, I think the button on the side of the iPhone is, is another example, um, then that company sues them. Half the time, it's not even the music company. It's another company they interact with. So really, they're creating nothing but obstacles to the rest of the, so that would be an example of complexity that expresses itself negatively. But I just wanted to throw that idea out there that we, we shouldn't always associate any kind of complexity with negativity. I think that's a, that's a um, something people tend to do sometimes that I think has long-term bad consequences. Um, but anyway, uh, all right. Sorry, I, I just got to ramble sometimes. I'm sorry, everybody. No problem. I, I updated the rules for that, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'll take back the microphone and uh, make it up. Um, yep. Uh, there you are. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay, there we go. Okay. And two minutes. Okay. <laughs> Let's try to fit that all in. Okay, what when we're talking about lawyer and uh, the, the the fact that they they get paid a huge amount of money for doing barely anything, just like that's pretty much what the, I think F was doing. Uh, like it was rambling if they to achieve a point. We have to remember two things. First, he had to study for about like I think it's seven years to become a lawyer. After that, they became like an intern and they just like have to work their way, learning the law and learning everything. Because the law is something extremely, extremely complex. Wording is everything. So if you have to make a pattern or make a, a, a deal, to, uh, sell, sell, selling a property or something like that to someone else, every word on the document have to be exact. If there's one comma somewhere that doesn't fit there, it can void your contract. So that's why they're paid that much money for doing just reading a document and doing that because they know the law, they study it, they know exactly what needs to be done correctly to respect the law. When we're talking about the money in the, uh, the justice system, 
I do find that extremely stupid that someone with a lot of money can pretty much get away with anything just by paying out this bail. I mean, just like he can hit another car with his car, just like you get, you say, well, it's uh, you injured someone, you have like a ten thousand dollar bail or five years in prison, and they just like pay the pay the money and just like they're scot free. Just like this is extremely stupid because that's how people uh, don't they, they don't learn the, the the lessons if they can just get bail out. It's like the rich kid doing stupid stuff and they their father paying out for him and just like he just like go do it again two weeks later because he didn't learn anything. He just got his father paid for it. So that's that's something I really despise. Um, I know some judge will be more uh, like humane and deny the bail to some people to show them a lesson, but some just accept the money and that's that's it. And like I say, um, in the if you look at the criminal side of uh, the law, where a criminal just pay off policemen or just like the, the 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 city securities, just so they don't look at their crime or they ignore this this section of town while they're doing a crime. Uh, it, it's like a little bit. I, I'll, I'll just move to um uh what 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 was it? The, the prohibition time with the uh, Al Capone. Al Capone owned half the half the city. It's like he paid off every cop to be able to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. The the, the shipyard and everything he was moving stuff around, and the cop were just ignoring it. But there's one guy it's like that made a team and managed it to break his thing using money because they 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 got they got him on tax fraud. So it's just like he 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 didn't file his tax properly. He had more. He had clearly more money than he declared them on the stack, and they got it from here. So it's like they used the money to get the guy. But just like that, that was a good move. Um, reverse it, <laughs> I guess. But um, yeah, yeah the, the justice system today it's extremely, extremely broken because uh, a little bit like what's going on in the U.S. right now. Just like there's a lot of people doing riot and destroying property, destroying stuff, and people are bailing them out. They, they, they are paying for uh, their, their caution, so they just get released right away. So they're doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, and they don't get the, the let's say, the consequence of their action. I know they have a motive. I know they have like a, a goal. But sometimes just like breaking stuff and just like destroying other people's property and other people's life is not necessarily the way to bring <laughs> to bring their message around, I guess. But yeah, it's uh, it's part of the money in the system, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I tried to put it all in. Alrighty, so. Um... Now would be the time where we open up, but we don't have enough time for that. So uh, I'm going to end it here, and you guys are free to have that conversation to agree, disagree, or challenge people to ritual combat. Uh, you, you're in charge. Good chat.
So, uh, before we go, I would just like to aid everyone's attention to the side of the room and the back of the room, uh, where you can find our YouTube channel, our Spotify, um, which we're on more than Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, so many other podcast platforms. Find our Twitter uh, for news and updates and announcements. You can find our Discord, which by uh, following that Discord, you will be added to our server. And once you're added to our server, uh, you will be you know, able to ask us questions, post questions that we'll ask in the event, and uh, come up with ideas with us. And uh, you can also see the times and dates. So we do this every Wednesday and Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, midnight UK, and like, I don't know what, like 5 o'clock ESU. Milo? Yes, uh, let's see. It's four, let's see. Um, <laughs> four o'clock. So it's four o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So that wraps that up. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to leave. Adios, everyone. See you at the next event.